Hey, my friends, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 132, How to Find God After Trauma with Jennifer Dauberful Quinlan. In today's episode of the podcast, you know, we're kind of counting down. We're finishing up the month of June and July and August. We'll be, um, we'll be inviting you to listen to the replays. But in today's podcast, I introduce a new friend, Jennifer Dauberful Quinlan. I know you're going to love hearing her perspective on learning and healing after abuse that she endured from the time she was a child. Of course, experiencing such trauma as a child affected her views of herself and of God. And through many years of healing experiences, she shares her story of healing and recovery. Her story is important as we realize that not only is healing possible even after years of ne- negative experiences, but she was also able to untangle her skewed relationship with God. She shares how she came to know God on a personal level and accept his love. Here's a little more about Jennifer. As a Wisconsin native, Jennifer received her MA in education and French and her PhD in instructional psychology and technology with an emphasis in second language acquisition. She is also a trained doula and an ordained minister. She has worked in education and administration for several years, but chose to take a turn in life and focus on healing and recovery. In addition to her personal journey, several of her family members and close friends have been affected by traumas, mental health challenges, and loss. Today, she is the co-founder and program director of Hope Recovery and Healing, an intensive outpatient treatment center for trauma and mental health conditions. Here's the interview. All right. I'm super happy and excited to introduce you all to Jennifer Doberful Quinlan. She is visiting with us today to talk about some really important things, a a different type of loss. Every time we have an interview, we have a different type of loss. And so we're going to talk to Jennifer today. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. This is going to be really, really helpful to so many people. I know that this conversation is going to be super helpful. So Jennifer, will you start us off by just telling us a little bit about you know, kind of what happened, like what, what losses you experienced and what that looked like for you? Sure. I'd be happy to talk about that. So um, I am a survivor of sexual traumas that started in my early childhood years and um, continued from different sources, but in elementary school, middle school, college, and even during my mission, um, service when I went on mission project to France. And so these were from like experiences with family, with friends of family, even with boyfriends and with strangers as well. And I think a real element of my loss was um, just kind of the sense of myself as someone that God would love, care for, and protect. So it wasn't like I don't think I ever was in this place of like, oh, how could God let this happen to me? I was more in a place of like, 
the self that I thought is lovable is gone. Mm. And like, how could God ever love me now? And like, how could anyone else ever love me now? Mm. And that kind of ebbed and flowed, I think, throughout my life. Like I would do some healing work and be like, okay, yeah, I'm in a good place. And then maybe something else happened. And then I'd be like, no, I have lost that light that people could really love. It's gone. Mm. Well, and it sounds like this, this experience started happening to you when you were really young. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, interestingly, like I think innately, we probably, there's a part of ourselves that is just like the pure essence of ourselves. Maybe, maybe it's the childlike wonder or the ability to love or the ability to see the world with like innocence or an assumption of good. And we nurture and develop, I think that part of ourselves naturally, even as really difficult things happen in life. And I guess, um, I mean, like I said, kind of ebbed and flowed in life. And there were definitely times where I could see that more in myself, or I could feel more connected to kind of like that true inner self that maybe we just innately know, even as a child. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, as, as I mentioned in the introduction, you now are trained in, as a, a therapist. Is that the correct term to use or what is your. Right. I'm glad you asked. Um, no, I'm not a therapist, um, but my, my business partner and I have our um a treatment center. And so we work with therapists. Um, He and I both do some coaching. Um, We also work with like spiritual guides in our treatment center. So we kind of have a lot of disciplines coming together. And the idea being that, you know, everyone finds kind of that hope for healing, maybe from different sources, and we want to be able to connect them with those sources, I guess. Oh, that's excellent. I love that. So do you primarily, in in the work that you do at the Hope Recovery and Healing Center, do you primarily do that live or do you do that remotely or what does that look like? Yeah, so we are actually fully remote. Um, We don't have any in-person sessions currently. There are a couple reasons behind that. One is... um, Some research suggests that the outcomes are as good as, or even in some cases better with an online treatment program. Another is we're reaching people in places where resources are really limited. Right. Uh, I found that as well. Yeah. And then another is when you're going through treatment and healing in your home environment or in your familiar environment, there isn't kind of this disconnect of like, oh, my healed self happens over in this other place. Versus like, oh, my family's aware of, or whoever's in my life is aware that like, I go into my classes or I go into my therapy or my treatment sessions or whatever, and they know it's part of my life. And so now it's a little bit more integrated than kind of like going away to summer camp or something. (laughs) You know, that's a fascinating observation. And, and this is, that's the way I work as well is remotely and with people all over the world. And and I've never, I've never heard of it talked about in that way. Mm. So, and I, and I have seen the power of that remote connection is, is great. And 
there really is nothing lost in that experience. Yeah, right. Right. You know, before COVID and even before we were, um, you know, starting up hope recovery and healing, my son um, had a, a traumatic incident in his life and um, we connected him with a therapist and he felt a lot of stigma about going to therapy. Mm. He was a, a senior in high school and he was just kind of like, people don't talk like kids don't talk about going to therapy really. Yeah, this is a few years ago. I think it's a little different now, but it turned out that this therapist was like, well, we can do online sessions if you're more comfortable with that. And he was already working kind of similar to you, Julie. He had clients around the world. He really um, just was already comfortable in that space, I think. And so when he offered that to my son, it was like a godsend because it just felt less stigmatized to him for some reason. Mm -hmm. So really interesting. And then for him, it was like, oh, I'm going into therapy and he goes down into his room and everyone in the family has a different level of support for him because it's like part of our life flow, right? In our daily life. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really great. And I think that, you know, just having this discussion, I'm sure there's, there's someone out there listening right now that's thinking, oh, I thought I was going to lose something in the translation by, uh, by doing this remotely versus being able to go somewhere. And there's just some areas where that's not even an option. Right. And I just look at, you know, meeting you online and I feel like we already know each other and, and yeah. we're not in the same room, you know, if you're, if you're, <laughs> you can't see us right now, but if you're wondering, we're not in the same room. So t tell me what changed for you? Like, how did you go from this place of this multiple traumatic experiences to shifting things where your experience was different? Yeah. And that, you know, just in general, like how, how did you, how did you go from this place of trauma to a place of safety to a place of recovery? Yeah. Not a short process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sure. probably on some level, um, for all of us, that's probably an ongoing evolving thing. Um, so for me, I had to really unpack um, who God was because, you know, part of this kind of overarching thing was I did, I like I did really deeply believe in like a higher power or a sense greater than myself. And I conceptualized that as God at the time who would be all caring, all knowing, all loving, all these things. And yet I just had this significant disconnect of he couldn't do those things for me though, because look at all of this mess. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I did approach different healing modalities over time. Um, my husband was super supportive when I met him and I was just like, look, it could be really <laughs> hard to have a relationship with me. And he was like, great, let's tackle it together, which, you know, amazing gift. That is amazing. Um, but honestly, in kind of exploring God in uh, a non-Western Christian ideology helped me unpack some of that baggage that maybe I even inherited just from how I was raised. And when my parents as adults chose a certain path in their Christian worship, it was kind of then 
imposed or taught to us. And I don't think any of us kind of questioned or had issues with it. But I think then when it came to like, whoa, I acknowledge I cannot do this healing by myself. Mm-hmm. And then to acknowledge I've got to mend a relationship with my higher power if I'm going to accept or be able to receive healing from a power greater than myself. Mm. So I really had some serious unpacking to do. And, um, and I guess the repacking (laughs) was choosing what to take in my suitcase on my journey and a really caring therapist who helped me identify like, what do I seek, crave, need from a higher power? Or any source greater than myself. Is it nature? Is it God? Is it the universe? Whatever it is. Is it Buddha? Is it Allah? Whatever. Um, and just like stripping away all kind of the, the paradigm and saying, oh, wait, I'm allowed to really think about what do I need in this relationship right now? Oof. That was like... <laughs> A real game changer. Um, Yeah. And I think what helped me to do that, this kind of breaking down and stripping away and whatever, was um, The Four Agreements. So that's a book by, a you know, it's based on the Toltec tradition. Um, Miguel, I don't, Don Miguel Ruiz. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish, but um, he does a, this great job of just talking about like, Hey, we've inherited agreed to a lot of things in life that might be guiding how we act, think, feel choices we make. And um, we have the opportunity to choose for ourselves. So like we can live according to the agreements that kind of have come into our life. It might've been church, school, parents, society, whatever but we can like be this spiritual warrior and choose and be intentional about our spiritual path. And that just really, for me, that was a game changer. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not necessarily, I think a lot of times what, what I see sometimes is when people are hurting and they have that sense of unworthiness, which is, feels like, you know, that's maybe where you were coming from is like, I'm just not worthy of, yeah. of that love. You know, they have that sense of unworthiness and they've been hurt and, and they're, they're not in a clinical sense, but in a spiritual sense, they're depressed. Yeah. Spirit is depressed and they, they can't feel that connection with God. A lot of times it becomes a choice of, do I choose God or or do I not choose instead of looking at how do I want to look at this differently? Yeah. Yes. I think you really hit the nail on the head there, Julie. I think we often in a place of like just trauma recovery, we're also consumed with surviving or functioning in daily life. Right. I realized after kind of getting through a really significant part of processing my traumas, like, oh my gosh, I compartmentalized so much stuff and put it all up on this shelf. 
And I learned how to function with this really heavy burden all the time. And now I'm in this place like, wow, I forgot what it feels to feel this light. I forgot what it feels to feel safe in a deeply connected relationship, whether that's a spiritual divine connection or even a connection with other people or connection with myself and kind of like my true source or my divine actual pure self, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think sometimes too, there's the worthiness issue, Uh but there's also maybe this issue of like, all our faculties are consumed in self-preservation and just trying to go forward. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yes. We talk about that a lot in this, in my program. And, you know, it's like you mentioned a minute ago, this feeling of, of lightness of like letting go of that burden. And and I was talking to someone recently and I was talking about this idea of like, every time we have a loss and we have grief, it's like, we pick up another 50, hundred pound bag and we carry it along with us. And we have a new loss and we pick up another bag and another bag and another bag until the weight just becomes all consuming. And we have no choice, but to to deal with it in some way, because it then becomes unmanageable to manage. Yes. And I I couldn't agree more. I mean, um, I, I love to see people who are seeking help before they get to that place. Mm -hmm. Um, That's inspiring to me. I sought help as much as was like felt safe to me, but I never allowed myself to fully surrender or to have that kind of to really let the trauma come out because I was so afraid of what that might look like. Would I have a complete breakdown? Would I be just angry and mean? What would, you know, like I was so afraid of what might happen if that opened up and eventually like it found its way to the surface mm-hmm. <laughs> with maybe without my permission, but oh, what a blessing that it did because that, it really put me in a place where I I couldn't function. I wasn't safe. I, um, I couldn't continue to live the way I was. Yeah. Yeah. It became, like you said, a burden that just, I was no longer capable of carrying. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gosh, I'm in my forties and I'm having this breakdown and I couldn't believe it. And I thought, I failed my whole life because I should have addressed this a long time ago. And I convinced myself so many things weren't real or told myself so many stories to preserve, to move forward. Mm-hmm. And um, so then like mending that God relationship was like, and now I'm also bringing in all this guilt or reticence or like, boy, I've, I failed myself and I failed what I thought was my faith. You know, Um, that, that must've been just a new trauma to kind of, in a way I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. But I hear that all the time. People are afraid of like, they just want to let it live where it lives. But if we kind of go back to, you know, you're carrying these 50, hundred pound bags and you've collected enough that you're carrying 500 pounds at some some point, something has to give, and I think we think that because we think that we're we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I I um, 
years ago when I was in college, I had a health issue and I went in the hospital and they were trying to get all my vitals under control. I was in the hospital for a week before mm. they did the surgery because they were just trying to get everything, um, my system like stabilized. Balanced. Yeah. Stabilized. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> so they're trying to get everything stabilized so they could do surgery. And I remember one day the doctor came in and and I said, why am I here? I feel just fine. And he said, you don't even know what fine is. And yeah. that, it reminds me of like what you're talking about. It's like, if we, if we could just, if we could just for a moment, open our eyes to what life could be like, if we would let go of the 500 pounds. Right. And then there's that element too, of like, I mean, I really effectively compartmentalized mm-hmm. and it took some time for me to acknowledge I'm carrying this weight. Right. And actually, um, and I'm sure you've probably talked about this too, like how our body can store that trauma it like in a scientific way. And when I started learning about that, I was like, Oh, wow. Maybe that's why for the last year, these things haven't been regulated in my body. Like my body was starting to say, can't hold this anymore. And, and even just in the month leading up to when I kind of just like, um, I was so like physically sick and I'm like a healthy, active, never hospitalized, like, you know, never ill, never took sick days at work kind of person. And it was like, what's going on? I'm sick. I don't get sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, yeah, um, kind of everything can break or maybe just something can break. Yeah. And, you know, one of our practitioners at our treatment center talks about the biopsychosocial spiritual model. And he says, when any one of those elements is damaged, all the others will be impacted. And it's a matter of time before we actually come to the awareness that maybe more than one of our systems is disrupted right now. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think in our, especially in Western culture, we tend to, like you were talking about compartmentalizing, mm-hmm. we tend to say, oh, this is a health problem and we don't even make the connection. But in so many ways, when we, when we see a lowering or we see an impact on our health, I feel like it's a gift from God saying something needs to change. Yes. Yes. I agree. And even when we have like those PTSD responses that can be physical or emotional or whatever, right. It's like another little gift of, of God kind of telling us, Hey, still here and ready to heal you when you're ready to acknowledge that maybe 500 pounds is too much. Yeah. I'm going to let you choose to hold it as long as you choose to. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so what, what did that look like for you? Like, how did you find God after such trauma? And, you know, and some of your trauma was related even to, like you said, a mission trip, you know, which, which sometimes we, when we have those experiences, we connect it with God and it really isn't God. Like God, God isn't the one that, you know, uh, made that happen. Yeah. 
And, but because it's related with a mission trip, sometimes we, you know, like that's our natural inclination is to connect it. So how did you find God? Um, I think it really, (laughs) yeah, huge question. And I mean, I'm even thinking of like, um, some of my friends who went on mission trips in high school, you know, to Mexico for the summer or to, you know, help build wells or whatever. And some of them had pretty intense traumatic events as well. So I was like, okay, bad things do happen on mission trips too. Not just, <laughs> you know, what I guess in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I like, looked at the scaffolding maybe that helped me bend the cracks in my building. I think there are a lot of pieces there. Um, And finding God again was huge, but it was kind of later down the line. First, I found like trust and safety and being able to talk about it with even one other person. Mm. Um. So, and for me, that wasn't someone in my life, like a close person in my life, because the close people in my life knew me as a very happy, functioning, can deal with anything kind of person. So it was someone really um, that I didn't know. And it kind of just bubbled out. And then I was like, oh my, I think there's something going on here. And when I kind of had that, you know, a collapse under the 500 pound weight. And I talked a little with this person and I said, I think I might need more help, but I don't know what it'll look like. And um, they asked about my spiritual background or my religious background. And I was like, I mean, God's always been part of my life, but I cannot bring myself to pray right now. And I don't even know, like, all I feel is guilt for not knowing how to surrender to God or give it over to God or let this be his burden instead of mine. I could not see. It just, it was a theory that I could not find a practice to, mm. you know, well said. so I started work with this person and we just worked on a values-based approach to healing without it having anything to do with God. So we really broke down like core values, core kind of elements of my belief system. Ultimately, like I can say now, Oh, I get it. He was helping me really build my belief system and my identity that's tied up in that belief system. Um, and Honestly, like the, so the four agreements are first is um, to be impeccable with your word. So you speak with integrity and you use the power of your word for truth and love. And then the second is don't take anything personally. So like, even when someone compliments you, really, it's about them making themselves feel better. It's not really about you. Likewise, if someone says something hurtful, it's about them. It's not about you. Um, and then the third one is, um, don't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had made a lot of assumptions about what I thought God expected of me. 
and what I expected of myself and maybe even what I felt like my family expected of me or assumed was or wasn't okay in me. Um, even assumptions I just made about myself, like, yeah, I'm actually pretty okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the fourth agreement is just always do your best. And the kind of the undertone of all of this is um, this is your path that you define and that you intentionally build. And you're a spiritual warrior because this is a spiritual endeavor. And you're a warrior because you're fighting against whatever might have become familiar or traditional or normal to you and saying, I might not actually agree to that. Mm. I might not agree that God will only love me again if I've done sufficient penance or God will only hear my prayer if I X, Y, Z for worthiness, you know? And, um, So as I rebuilt and focused on my value base, um, I discovered the God that was probably always there, right? And the God that could hear my prayers that were really all over the place. And the God that could tell me, um, hey, it's a bumpy journey. and you can choose as much as you want to alone, but I'm still going to be here whether you, you know, look to me or not. And to be able to hear that in a really, I'd like to think that I could hear that in other times in my life for sure. But I hear it in such a very, I don't know, a vastly different way now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, you know, someone asked me like, oh, did you have a faith crisis? And, you know, like you're coming back around. I don't know. I don't think so. I think I really had a, what in my practice is really important to me and why. And um, taking kind of that intentional road versus that like, yep, this is what we do in my religious practice. This is how it goes. We go to church on Sunday or we, um, you know, my husband and I lived in Thailand for a while. So you take fast on certain days or um, you, you know, depending if you're Hindu, depending on the God that you worship, you have a tradition of certain foods that you eat on or don't eat on certain days or whatever. And being able to explore lots of different faith traditions and then being able to like build my reconnect with honestly my faith base, my core values. I yeah. think that led me to this path. Yeah. It's really getting in touch with that true divine love and guidance. Yes. Not the image of what we've been taught as a society right is god but it's like really getting in touch with that and um which is amazing and you know and i heard you say that about like intentional practice like it's going from that um that root that that what am i trying to say that just um habitual practice to a more intentional practice which leads to true devotion and true connection. Yeah. 
And I think that makes sense kind of with any aspect of life too, right? Like, oh, we eat three meals a day because we know we need to eat. But then what's the difference of like, oh, I I consciously listen to my hunger cues and my satiation cues and like the pleasure I felt eating something that really nourished me or that was really a special treat or whatever, right? Just like connecting again with intention, even in our human relations, right? Like I hang out with this person every Friday and we go bowling or we go get drinks or we go do whatever versus like, yeah, I was thinking about how much I really love the way we can just talk and have fun. And this relationship means a lot to me and I want to intentionally nourish it. Well, it, what I'm hearing is that when you, when you started to heal from the traumas that you were, you were then ready and able to connect to yourself yeah. with, with, um, with truth, with um, authenticity Yeah. And a level of accepting like all the pieces that actually are in myself. Mm -hmm. Like someone just said to me the other day, I just recognized I was trying to complete a puzzle with only 400 of the thousand pieces. And I was like, oh my, that's a beautiful awareness and an acceptance of like, I had put the other 600 pieces away in a different box in a different closet. And actually I do want to complete the puzzle. It turns out, and I want to see the full image and I think I'm going to really love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that what that reminds me of is, is sometimes I think we're so there's, there's a, a trend to be so positive mm. that we only want to look at the, quote unquote, good things that have happened in life, the good experiences, and kind of what you spoke to earlier about compartmentalizing and putting these things up in a cupboard somewhere. But all of our experiences make us who we are. Right. And it's always easy to talk about like, Jesus loving the sinner or healing the woman caught in adultery in a really theoretical, like, I'll try to do that to other people. Mm-hmm. But never, or maybe, I don't know, maybe in other people's practice, their experience has been different. In my experience, I did not, somehow I missed the memo or I just didn't get it. Like, oh, like me. Yeah. 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 Somehow I missed that part. In um, Sunday school a couple of weeks ago, our uh, Sunday school teacher was talking about what brings us happiness and how we define happiness. And I think it's the first time I kind of had the courage to talk about the messiness of life in like Sunday school. And I just said, you know, what really makes me happy knowing that in the really complicated, sad, heartbreaking frightening experiences is this beautiful ray of love and um and this like actual beauty of the refinement that's happening to me that I could never see before and he was just kind of like oh 
wow, you know, mind blown or whatever. <laughs> and then someone else said, you know, that's true. Like I try to always have a happy face, but it's okay for me to say, I'm having a really hard time dealing with some stuff right now. And I know God's with me. And I know that he has all of these things to refine and beautify me. You know, it's like the beauty from the ashes concept Mm -hmm. that I've always been great at talking about with other people or saying, I can see the beauty coming out in you. But um, took a while for me to see, oh, it works for me too. It's yeah. Isn't it interesting? I, I don't think there's anybody who would, who would argue with the need to be kind, forgiving and loving to other people. Right. And yet we, we so often don't offer that to ourselves and we offer it. And when we do offer it to ourselves, we offer it as crumbs, not right. the full experience that's available to us. I just think, I mean, if just like your example you gave, if if God loves the sinner that, you know, we can see that person outside of us and we can see their interaction with, with Jesus, for example, in the Bible, then that is the same interaction that's available to us. Yeah. And yet we don't often apply it that way. We don't often think of it that way. There is a really special person in my life. Um, his name is Tommy, and my husband and I and my kids met him. Um, our kids were little, and Tommy had struggled for years with addiction. And he had a young family, kind of similar ages of our kids, actually. And um, sometimes at church, he would just witness and say, I've been clean and sober two days. And instead of being really disappointed in myself and hating myself, I'm going to honor that I'm a creation of God and he's got a purpose for me. And I have faith that tomorrow I can be clean and sober and that I can take it one day at a time. And that's enough for God. And it was so honest and pure to hear that at church, you know, Um, and unfortunately he passed away of an overdose. But every time he witnessed, it just impacted me so deeply to see someone who continued to love himself and have hope when he was barely keeping above head above water, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you hear someone express something like that, like you feel, you feel God's love for him. Yeah. And, and you you know, hopefully we can internalize that and realize that that same love is available to us. For sure. Yeah. Well, this has been a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I loved talking to you about this. Is there any final um, advice or uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, final message that you would like to share? Well, I don't know that this will be generalizable to anyone else, but I think for me, I had another barrier to overcome, which was um, acknowledging that I needed help also from a person. So that I had really tried to like, let God heal me or let, let my prayers be enough or, and I, I, like I said, I functioned really well for many years 
um, kind of working that mode. And some part of me thought it was failure of my faith mm-hmm. if I needed to seek professional help. And what beautiful grace and compassion I felt when I did seek that help. And I could see God working through those people to help me. Um, and I can now see the beauty of his ability to reach us wherever we are in whatever way we can hear at that time. And um, yeah, he doesn't give up on us. Really a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, you're absolutely right. You know, I, we can go one direction where we just leave God out of it completely and we don't, you know, take that hand that's available to us, or we can go a whole nother direction where we say, well, I'm going to depend totally in this way on God. Yeah. But in getting that professional help, we're, it's not that we're letting go of that help from God. It's like we're, we're accepting the help that he's offering. Yeah. That he has divinely put in our path for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Jennifer, where can people find you? Okay. Well, our website is hope recovery and healing.com easy. And um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, same handle um, on, or on Twitter, we're, the hope people, but on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, hope recovery and healing. And um, we've got lots of resources on our website. And we also have some, we usually host one or two live events that are just free events each month to allow people like Q and a that just kind of like, sometimes you have those burning questions and you're like, I don't think I need to see a therapist about this. Or maybe you're like, I want to understand more about my loved one who is with a therapist. And those have been really cool events. So lots of ways to find us. Amazing. All right. Great. This has been so, so good. I, I hope that as you've listened, that you have enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. It's a, it's a, it's, I I just can't say enough about how, how much this has been helpful to me to talk about this and to share, you know, on the podcast, a lot of times we don't talk about God and how, you know, he works in our life and how that works with our healing process. And, and, um, and that's an important element for so many of us is the, is the God piece. And I think it's a, it's a crucial piece because we are spiritual beings and we, we do need to acknowledge that we're spiritual beings at some level. So thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for bringing this topic to us today. Thank you, Julie. Great to talk with you. That was a super special conversation. And I'm so grateful to have been introduced to Jennifer and to have had a chance to have her on the podcast to share her story, her experiences with, with loss, trauma, healing, and hope. Um, I hope that if you enjoyed this conversation half as much as I did, then your life has been blessed today because I, I, that was again, super special to me to have that conversation. It was just raw and real. And you were just listening in on what our thoughts were 
about God and healing and that journey that we all take, that we're all a part of just in life. That's just part of being here and being human. I wanted to remind you again to be sure and get on the mailing list. We have some very special things coming up that I'm super excited to introduce to you and to tell you about. And also that, you know, we're going to be finishing up the podcast here the month of June. You'll have an opportunity to go back into archives and listen to some of the past episodes. There's 132 episodes as of this moment. And by the end of the month, there'll be 134. So lots and lots of good material to listen to, to review. Be sure and reach out to me with any questions or um, comments that you want to share with me at julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. Again, my email address is julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. Be sure and subscribe to the web or to the podcast, I should say, and rate and review and share this episode, share it on Facebook or Instagram. If you do be sure and tag us so we can thank you and share it with a friend. Who did you think of while you were listening to this episode today that could benefit from a little uh, extra hope today? Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.